Welcome to First Baptist Wiley. We're excited to bring you these weekly messages. Find out more about us or give online at fbw.church. Welcome, faith family and online friends. We are so glad you joined us here today. We are wrapping up our series called Unstuck, and hopefully there's been some place in your life over the last several weeks if you've joined us that you realized, hey, I'm stuck. I'm kind of being held back. And uh, through the messages that you've heard Chris or I preach, hopefully there's some ways that you've discovered, I need to get unstuck. I need to get moving, whether it was in the area of worry or maybe forgiveness. Maybe it was in the area of finance, which we just looked at last week. Maybe it was listening to the wrong things or wrong people. Maybe it's even in the things that we say. And today we're going to wrap things up by really understanding that sometimes to get unstuck, we physically literally have to move. You know, most of us are creatures of habit. We, we, we sit in the same places. So man, people just come to church. They just plop down in the same seat and they're just glad to be there. Man, it's comfortable. And then that's what we saw from Eddie just a few minutes ago. So thankful for him being able to just, you know, just open up our eyes to some ways, even at church, where we get stuck. We get comfortable. Things become convenient. But when you think about just life in general, you know, we're all creatures of habit. I mean, even the same places, we go eat at the same restaurants, we sit in the same places, we park in the same spots. I mean, even today, I went to a place that's comfortable for lunch, Chick-fil-A. Because what do you get at Chick-fil-A? Man, it's pretty simple. It's just a chicken sandwich. That's what it is. And it's just safe. And I go through the drive-thru. I say, give me a number one, sweet tea, hold the pickles. And I get it. And you know what? It was exactly what I hoped it would be. It was just a chicken sandwich. It's easy. And Chick-fil-A, after all, I mean, you know, it's, it's good food. So we're just glad to get something I knew that was going to be consistent. Well, in our lives, sometimes we find ourselves getting stuck in the same things over and over again. We find ourselves in what is even called a rut, which means this, it means a rut is just a monotonous routine where we do the same things over and over and over again. A couple of reasons, again, convenience, a lot of it is comfort. Some of it's fear, we're afraid to step out and trust things, but we just get to doing the same things over and over again. So in our spiritual life today, as we wrap up this series, I want us to be able to look at the concept of the idea of this. If we're going to get unstuck, it's going to require us to move. In order to get unstuck, you have to be willing to move. So if you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do today, open up to 1 Kings chapter 19. We're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 19, and uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of a background as you're turning there. Just know that as you find yourself in 1 Kings 19, the prophet Elijah is now on the run by Jezebel. Now, if you know much about the prophet Elijah, you know he's the guy. You had the big showdown with all the the, uh, the, the prophets of Baal called down fire, burned up all the stuff. You know, you go back and read, you know, 1 Kings 18 uh, before you get to this if you need to. But at this point, Jezebel's chasing him down. He's on the run. He's kind of hiding out in a cave, and God shows up. I mean, God has a moment where he speaks to Elijah, and he says this, hey, there's a couple of guys I need you to go anoint as king, and you need to go find your replacement. You need to go tap somebody on the shoulder, bring them along, and get them to replace you. So what does Elijah do? Man, he does almost what God said, but we're going to take a look at this today. So if you're, you're with me, let's take a look at verse 19. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Just a couple of things I want you to notice right here about Elisha. Now here you have the prophet Elijah. I know similar names, 
Two different people, so don't let me lose you there. But Elijah comes down. He sees Elisha, who is plowing in the field. And there's a couple of things you really need to know about Elijah. One is, is he's plowing with 12 pair of oxen. Now, I'm not real good with math, but I know a pair is two. 12 times two is 24. So just to give you an idea about the, the social status of Elijah at this point is this. Elisha was rich. Yeah, I'm not talking about like he just had a few dollars in his pocket. Anybody that had 24 oxen in that day was considered to be very, very wealthy. Just to give you an idea, uh, a middle-class family in Elisha's day, middle-class would have one oxen. Elisha, 24. 24. And he probably had all the latest models of oxen. He probably had the different colors of ox of oxen, you know. Some had spots, some were brown, some were black, some were just whatever, you know. He probably had them ready to go. You kind of get the picture, though. I mean, here's a guy, lots of oxen, and he is plowing. And, but not only the fact that he had oxen made him rich, it's the fact that he had servants who were driving the other pairs of oxen. So he had 12 pair. He's got 11 servants plowing over here, and he himself is plowing on one. So he's even got a pretty good bit of people working for him. So they're plowing a big field. And he's actually plowing in a place. It was uh, called Abel Meloha, the breadbasket of Israel. It's some fertile soil right along the Jordan River. So not only does he have a lot of oxen, not only does he have servants, he has some of the best farming land in all of Israel. I mean, this guy, he was, he was getting it done. Doesn't say this, but I would be willing to bet that probably up on a hill not too far away was a nice castle, a mansion, a crib, whatever you want to call it, where he, you know, was, was his home. And he's kind of there, man. He's just farming away. He's got all this money, got this land, got these servants, lots of things going on. And, you know, life was great. No complaints. Just living the dream, if you will. But even in living the dream, even in being successful, you can't help but to think that possibly something in Elisha's mind said there's got to be more than this. And what happens next, I would say, truly wrecks Elisha's world. But, you know, that's what happened when God shows up quite often. You know, a lot of people just like to have God kind of show up like he did here with Elijah, coming to kind of tap Elisha here, you know, when, when he shows up. And, and we kind of like God to show up in our life a little bit. And, uh, you know, we want God to kind of move in. You know, so maybe your story is like this, man. Maybe your life was kind of going one way, and you're like, hey, God kind of came in, and he kind of remodeled. He did a little restoration project on you. You know, maybe you look at yourself as just a fixer-upper, and God kind of came in, maybe put some new paint on, put a new roof on, and, and gave you a new you. But I just want to tell you this. What happened to Elijah was not a, a, a remodel job. It was not a makeover. I don't know where you are in life, and I don't know what your thoughts are spiritually, but just know God never just wants to give us a better version of us. Matter of fact, Scripture's real clear that God wants us to give up everything, fully surrender to Him. I kind of like to think of it like this right here. God doesn't show up at our door and just knock on the door and say, hey, uh, I'm here to kind of give you a makeover and make life better for you. God shows up with a full-on wrecking ball and wants to tear down everything about us so He can give us a brand new life. And what we see happen to Elijah right here changes everything for Elijah. Let's pick back up in verse 19 where it says, Elijah then went to him and threw his cloak around him. Basically, his cloak in that day would have been his jacket, his outer garment. And in those days, the cloak and the jacket actually meant something. 
was, it was a sign of his vocation or maybe even his position of authority. So Eli, Elijah would have been wearing this jacket because he was a prophet. So his cloak that day represented his position. And he takes off his cloak and he, and he throws it on Elisha. I know you're kind of thinking that's kind of odd. Just imagine today if you tap somebody on the shoulder. Imagine today you kind of come up to somebody and you want to get their attention and you tap them on the shoulder. That's, that's basically what he was doing. He was just tapping him on a soldier, and he was offering the calling, a higher calling from God. He was basically saying to Elisha, hey, I know you're out here plowing in this field. I know, man, you've been getting it done, and, man, you've got a lot going on here, but I'm extending a higher calling for you to do more with your life. Basically, what Elijah was doing was, as you see, Elisha was kind of in this seat, and he's, and he's just trying to, you know, got his oxen going in a certain direction, man. He's just plowing this field. And Elijah comes on and he says this, I'm offering you a new seat. And what happens next is incredible. So our main point today is if you're going to get unstuck, you got to be willing to move. If you're going to be unstuck, you got to be willing to move. So how did Elisha respond? What do we see right here when Elijah comes down and he taps Elisha, gives it, lays his cloak on him? There's a couple of things I want us to see today. How does he respond? The first thing we see right here is this. We see Elisha's calling. You see, Elisha was being called out of a lifestyle of luxury, wealth. Man, he kind of had it all. He was the stuff. He had a life of comfort. And here we see God saying, get out of your seat. Man, y'all will just say this, though. Like I've already said, we like comfort. I mean, a lot of us have comfortable places in life. Some of you, man, you're sitting in a comfortable seat right now. You're out on your patio, man. You're, maybe you're on your porch. Maybe you're sitting in your living room. I know, let's face it, some of you driving down the road listen to this message, okay? Keep your eyes on the road and your hands on the steering wheel. But that's what he was saying to Elisha. Get out of your seat. We all have places of comfort in our life. We all have a seat, a place that we go to that's our comfortable place. We like routine. It's the habit. In some ways, we just like it easy. Let's just be honest. Even in our spiritual walk with the Lord, even in our faith, we like easy. You know, I can remember a time many, many years ago when I felt a calling on my life. A similar story, if you will, to Elisha. I remember where I was sitting. It was 1995. I was sitting in the chapel at Covenant College in Lookout Mountain, Tennessee. And I remember that moment when I felt God tap me on my shoulder. I remember what it was like when God said, hey, I've got something more for you to do. Now, I'll just tell you, I was living a pretty comfortable life up to that point. I, mean, I was raising a family, had a wonderful wife, two great kids, a great career. Things were going really, really well. For many of you, things were going pretty good too. Life is comfortable. Man, you've kind of hit your stride. Now, you know, uh, had a pandemic and things are kind of coming back together and, and life's kind of getting back to a normal routine and you kind of like the way things are right now. I would be willing to say that Elisha liked the way things were. I would say that Elisha was doing pretty good. I would say even that Elisha was comfortable in his seat. Maybe he didn't even realize that he was stuck. And some of you today, maybe you don't even realize you're stuck. Maybe you don't even realize that the place that you find yourself in today, spiritually, the seat, if you will, you don't even realize you've been stuck there for a while. That day, God tapped me on the shoulder. It was, his, it was that moment that God said, I've got something more for you. 
I've got more than just routine. I've got more than just comfort. You know what stands out in my mind as I think back to that day and when God said to me, hey, there's something else for you. You were created for more. Easy. That would be the word that would stand out in my mind. Life had been pretty easy to that point. You know, but I think what we see even in the model that Jesus gives us is it wasn't supposed to be easy. Oh, and I'm not saying that, you know, every one of us has to, you know, just be downtrodden all the time and being a Christian is this heavy weight and burdensome. Matter of fact, Scripture tells us just the opposite is true. But in Matthew 20, 28, it says that Jesus himself didn't come to be served. Jesus himself did not come to find a seat to get comfortable and have people wait on him. No, Scripture tells us that Jesus came to serve. And that's what happened with Elijah that day was Elijah came along and said, it's your time to step up. It's your time to get out of your seat. It's your time to answer the call. Let's take a look and continue on in this passage and see how Elisha responds. In verse 20, Elijah then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and my mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you, which was to say, hey, just give it some thought right there. So Elijah left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and he slaughtered them. He burned his plowing equipment to cook the meat and he gave it to the people and they ate it. Then he set out to follow Elijah and become his attendant. The second thing we see, we didn't just see Elisha's call, we see Elisha's commitment. We see Elijah's commitment. Think for a moment what you're committed to. I mean, some of you are committed to a spouse. I mean, you've been married for a long season of your life, and that's great, and you're committed to a husband or a wife. Some of you are committed to a job, and you're going to show up tomorrow or, or whenever, maybe then, you know, later this week and, and to, a, to a job or career that you're committed to. Some of you are committed to school, and you know, you're finishing your education or furthering your education. Some of you are committed to a workout plan, maybe even a diet. Some of you are committed to a book club. And for the one person that's watching this that's part of my book club, don't talk about my commitment to the book club, okay? I get it. I know it's just been a busy time for me. But some of us are committed to different things. Maybe you're committed to some civic group, or maybe you're coaching a team or playing on a team. There's a lot of different things we commit to, a lot of things that we promise to do. Elisha was committed to farming. He was committed to farming. He was a farmer, and he was committed to being a farmer. But his response to the calling his commitment to God is this, I'm getting unstuck. I'm getting out of my seat and I'm going to make sure that I never go back to that seat again. I'm getting out of the seat that I'm in and I'm no longer going to be staring at a ox's rear end. That's what he was saying right here. Elisha was committed to farming, but his response to the calling of God, his commitment to God, his commitment to getting unstuck Elijah's response ensures he's never going back to staring at our ox's rear end. He got out of a comfortable seat and he committed to never going back. You see right here in this story, we see that Elisha runs back. He runs back and he doesn't throw the keys to the farm to his family. He doesn't tell his servants, hey, you keep plowing until I get back. 
He doesn't leave instructions on, hey, here's what you need to do, how to harvest the crop, and here's where to send the check. No, what Elisha does is totally uncomfortable. See, Elisha didn't realize that he was stuck, but he knew for certain in that moment, I'm not coming back to this place. I'm getting out of this seat, and I'm never coming back to this seat, because this is what he does. He goes back, and he slaughters the oxen. He burns the plow, and they have the biggest barbecue that country had ever seen. See, what you need to know is that an oxen in those days would have fed a family of five, not for a day. An oxen in those days would not have fed a family of five for a week or not a month. It would have fed a family of five for a year. So what you have to see is like Super King Buffet had nothing on this kind of barbecue, okay? The, all you can eat, this was all you can eat for a year, for a family. And what does he do? He goes back and he says, I'm, I'm done with all of it. I'm not coming back to this place. I'm not coming back to this seat. The significance of Elisha's actions makes a loud proclamation. It's a statement that you can't miss. Burning the plow, slaughtering the oxen means I'm not going back to my old way of life. I'm not going back to comfortable. I'm going to pursue God, and I'm willing to give everything up. An easy way of life, success, prestige in some ways. I'm giving it up, and I'm never returning to be a farmer. He was resigning of the CEO of Elijah Farms, and he literally cooked his old way of life. He was done. When I think about Elisha's commitment, I would like to say to you, when I look back at that moment for me in 1995, when I felt God tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, I've got something else for you, I'd like to say that my response was just like Elisha's. I bet even in this moment right now, some of you go back to a place where you felt God was putting a calling on your life. Now, I'm not talking about necessarily a call to be vocational ministry or, or anything more than to do more. Because see, a lot of us, sometimes we find ourselves in a comfortable spot. We get in a seat, whether it be at church or wherever you find yourself today, and a lot of us would say, you know what, I'm pretty comfortable. And I would just say to you that in 1995, I was pretty comfortable. Life was good. Successful career. And God tapped me on the shoulder that day and Elijah, he ran back and got rid of everything and said, I'm pursuing God. God, I'm getting out of this seat. I'm going to do what you want me to do. And you know what I did that day in 1995? I grabbed hold of that seat and I did not let go. I grabbed a, a tight grip and said, God, I'm not getting out of this seat. God, life is too good. And what you're wanting me to do, it's too hard. I knew that God wanted me to do more. I mean, all of us know that God wants us to do more, but what is that thing? For me, God was saying, burn the plow. Surrender. Give it up. Trust me. And I said, yeah, but God, this seat is so comfortable. God, I really like it right here. God, can't I do both? And for many people, maybe you can. But I bet for a lot of you, you know that you can't. At some point, you got to get out of that seat. See, Elijah decided 
that he wasn't going to keep his options open. I decided that day, I think I'll keep my options open. Elijah that day decided nothing to return to. And I said, you know what? I'm going to stay close to this seat. Elisha decided that day that I'm going to get unstuck from an old way of life and I'm going to move into a new way of life. And I said, I want to stay comfortable in the old way of life. Let me just say to you, man, Elisha went on to do great things. And for me personally, for the next 10 years, if I can be honest with you, for almost the next 10 years, that seat became very uncomfortable. That seat held me back. For a good portion of my life, I tried to live in this seat and do what God wanted me to do. Oh, but God, can I just stay here a little longer? Oh, but God, th- th- this is really good, God. I, I, you know, I, I, for, even from this seat, God, I mean, I'm doing good things and I'm trying to be a good person. And yeah, but God, you know, I, I just want to stay right here. What God was saying to me that day was, is you need to burn that seat. You got to get out of comfortable. You got to move. You got to get unstuck from an ordinary way of life. See, Elijah wasn't just going to get a career change that day. This was a bold act of faith. He said, I'm getting out of my seat and I'm never going back. Some of you, you need to get out of that seat. Some of you, you need to say, God, I've been holding on to comfort. I've been holding on to routine. God, I've been stuck when I know I should get up and do what you've told me to do. Now, that comes in a lot of different ways for a lot of different people, and I would just say this as we prepare to close. Elisha didn't ask Elijah what exactly it is you want me to do. Elijah didn't look at Elijah and say, hey, before I make this commitment, before I get out of this seat, because you know, this oxen here, God's making me a lot of money. I mean, this land's producing some really good crops. I think this is going to be a good year. Could you at least kind of give me an idea of what I'm going to be doing? He didn't wait for the right position to open up. He didn't wait for the right moment to say, hey, this is exactly what I've been waiting for my whole life. Oh, this is the one thing I've been wanting to do, and now it's available so that I'm going to do it. No, what did Elisha do? He said, I'm done with that. I'm not going back. I'm going forward. I mean, it'd be great if I just told you, hey, yeah, and what happens next is Elisha goes on to be the greatest and best ever. Man, it was like instant, and the next thing you know, man, he's, you know, doing the greatest miracles and got the coolest stuff, and all these things are going. That would be awesome if that's how the story went. This is the part you almost, almost debated not to tell you. He didn't get the best job. He didn't get elevated to the biggest stage. He didn't become the next big Christian artist singing the coolest, best songs. He didn't have a tour. He didn't get his own TV show. He didn't get thousands, millions of followers on TikTok and Instagram. No, Elijah for the next 13 years... He was just the attendant. He literally traveled with Elijah and said, I'll just carry your bags. For 10 years, I said, God, I'll just hold on to this seat. What are you holding on to?
What are you stuck in? What is that thing that you need to go back to and say, this is the thing that's keeping me from doing what God wants me to do? Now, fast forward the tape for me personally, just know I wouldn't be on this stage today if there wasn't a point when I looked back and said, I'm not going back to that old way of life. For 15 plus years, successful career, making really good money, bonuses and promotions and travel and all those things and nice houses and vacations and all those things. And our family was doing great. And God said, you need to get out of the seat. You need to leave that way of life behind. I've got so much more. So there came a time when I burned my old way of life. It didn't come in the form of a plow and oxen, but it was a comfortable seat. God said, I've got something else for you. I don't know what that looks like for you. I would just say today, where are you stuck? For some of you, you're stuck in the most comfortable seat in your house. I mean, let's just be honest. You found the place where you're most comfortable, and you're watching this right now thinking, man, this is great. I can stay at home. I can get my Jesus fixed. I can just do a, this little deal here. I can read a few verses of Scripture, and everything is good. And I would just say to you, God never called us to that kind of comfort. God called us to surrender. For some of you, man, you know that, that the next step for you is to be back on campus, to be back here with us. Some of you are watching from around the world, and we're so thankful for that. And I would just say to you, Wherever you are, God's called you to more. Tuning in, watching the message online once a week is never enough. That's not the commitment God called us to. He called us to complete surrender. So what's that one thing from keeping you from going all in? What's that one thing where you find yourself stuck going back to? It doesn't matter where you are today. Just know everybody has a next step. Everybody finds themselves at some kind of crossroad in life where I, do I stay right here? Do I stay with what's comfortable? Or do I take the next step? Everybody has something. If you want to be honest to say, hey, you know what? I've got to get rid of something. There's a plow I need to burn. Everybody has something that they need to get rid of. The thing that they keep going back to. Because see, that's what a Elisha made sure of, I'll just get rid of the thing right here. So there's no desire to keep returning back to the same thing. There's nothing that's going to distract me. For some of you watching, you know what? God's been telling you for some time you're in the wrong job. You need a career change. There's something else that you need to do. For some of you, God's been telling you for some time you need to go back to school. You need to continue your education. You need to get into school. Some of you, some of you, God's been telling you for some time you need to go to seminary. God's got... A, a whole nother path for you to go down, and you need to say yes to that. Some of you know that you need to start leading in this church or a local church. Maybe you're, maybe you're at home on the other side of the world right now, and you think of the, the thought of, you know, God's been telling you sometime, for some time, you need to expand to just you watching by yourself and start inviting people to watch with you. Maybe your next step is, is to create a, a watch party at your house because you find yourself in, you know, in California or Ohio or, or maybe even around the world in Germany, Australia. You say, but yeah, but that's uncomfortable because I have to let people in and I have to do this thing and whatever. And I would just say, whatever that is, just burn it up today. Whatever that excuse, that reason, that thing that you're holding. You're like, yeah, but I can't have to give up my chair. And Elisha said, I gave up my whole life. Some of you have been thinking about, hey, you know what? I need to probably go on a mission trip. I need to really get uncomfortable. 
I need to serve. I need to step up. Whatever that is, I just want to encourage you to burn your chair. Elisha, burn the plow. Some of you, you need to burn your chair. Maybe it looks just like this. And you need to take a match and you need to say, I'm never going back to that old way of life. Now I realize you're sitting in the most comfortable chair of your life. It's your favorite chair. But God calls us to uncomfort. Some of you are stuck and you don't even know it. The only way to get unstuck is you have to be willing to move. And Elijah was willing to move. What is God calling you to do? Hey, I would just say this. Maybe you're struggling with something today and you need somebody to pray with you. There's opportunities to do that. There's a host online that would love to do that. You can reach out to our church. But let me just speak to you if you're sitting there today in a very comfortable place. And God's calling you to so much more. He's calling you to complete surrender your life to him and you've never done that. You can't take your next step until you take the first step. And that first step is giving your life to Jesus. So that's the, really the most important thing you can do. Simple. Just say, Jesus, in the best way that I know how, right in this moment, I surrender my life to you. Man, we'd love to be able to celebrate that with you. So please reach out to us and let us know you've done that. Thank you so much for being with us this week. And I pray that you will be unstuck.